going on, people. People forget that podcast, as always, with your boy Ryan. And joining me, as always, Mr. Kevin. What's poppin', Kevin? I'm here, and I'm reporting for duty, and I'm ready to rock, and I'm ready to roll. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. You know what else I like to hear? What? Drake's new single. All right. I mean, fine. You can do your little spiel about, well, it's actually, when you think about it, it's like really good. You know, you just have to really think about it. Go ahead. I I enjoy it. Great. Um, That's great. I enjoy it. I think you're a bit too pessimistic on it to where, you know, the first single is going to be, it's not going to be the best song on the album. And it's going to be more mainstream. When I first heard it, I was listening on my like iPhone speakers, and um, it didn't meet expectations. But it was better than. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at first. But then you know, as always, the true test, the true test to whether it's a good song or not, is listening it to in in, in the car. So, next morning, I guess I was, I was driving to the gym. By the way, there's a hole in the in the floor of my gym. It's insane. I don't understand. What the hell? That? What does that even mean? There's a hole? Like, there's you can see to the other floor? <laughs> yes. That's yes. insane. Someone dropped the weights, I guess, and fucking there's a, like a four by four foot hole. What? Yeah. And now the entire free weight section is closed off. So um, I've been four by four is like big enough to very easily like fall through. Oh yeah, no, that's that's why the that's why the entire free weight section is closed off. So like they told, I mean, some guy. I don't know. I don't know if he's supposed to be telling people this, but basically he's just like go to the other LA Fitness and you know just say that there's a hole in the floor. And so that's what I did at that time so yeah i mean that gym that gym's falling apart that the fucking ac is broken uh there's a whole hole in the floor and obviously there's you know co- and then and then apparently they just got called up they just got reported to like the health department because i guess people weren't utilizing masks properly i don't know interesting so, yeah so that's that but um yeah drake's drake single so obviously, when I first heard that, well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of rumors. First, it's like, oh, Ariana Grande might be featured on it because, like, um, her manager liked the post or some shit. I don't know who the guy is, but it, it sparked rumors. I like that would be the worst case scenario. Um, but then it turned out Little Dirk was gonna be featured on it, which is pretty questionable because I like Drake promoting. Um, you know, young, the young guys who are, you know, hot in the music industry. And Lil Dirk is like, I can't name like a popular song by him. I feel like Lil Dirk was up and coming like seven years ago. Yeah, I feel like his time I don't even, yeah, I don't even think, I mean, I just looked him up. He's 27, but he, I wouldn't say he's like a, a new artist or anything. Like he's pretty, uh, established he's pretty well known I, like you said i'm not like he has four million followers on twitter 
I, I like I don't know any of his songs. I guess it's just not for me. I don't know. I can't even say whether it's good or not because I just don't listen to it. They're really honestly like I would pro- I would know I would know, and maybe as like one or two decent songs, but they really don't do numbers because honestly I don't think he just makes that great of a song. It's pretty bland. It's just like whatever, and that's what you heard on you know Drake's single from Little Dirt. The thing is like he didn't kill it. Which is nice. Like it's not like, oh shit, we gotta cut this out. We need a, we need a, um, a mix without it because it's so bad. But and it's very short too. So I'm glad, I'm glad um, they didn't give him too much clout or whatever. Like I would see, I would, I would like, I would have liked to see Lil Baby or Roddy Rich in that spot as opposed to Lil Durk because those guys make sense. They're like up and well they're not really up and coming because they're already here so i don't even get how this connection was made like how i didn't even know drake and Lil dirk like i'd never i don't think they've ever done music before in the past i didn't even know they like knew each other it just seems like this came completely out of left field i mean maybe with like because obviously vvo4 and whatever his name is i think he's still alive i think he's still alive Um, i was gonna say rest in peace but i think he's alive we got shot. Well, he was um, born in Brooklyn. Little Dirk is from Chicago. Okay. Well, oh, I thought Fivio was like drill, like Chicago drill, but I guess not. That's what you're talking about, right? He was born in Brooklyn? Yeah, he, he was born in Brooklyn. Okay, yeah. I mean, then I, I don't know. I was going to say because of that feature, maybe they like connected. But... Okay, but you're saying, yeah, he the song was good. You liked the song. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's better than what I originally thought, and um, obviously, like the music video, I like the Nike headquarters thing because obviously, when else are you ever gonna see that? Like you were looking for more originality, but I thought that was pretty original. I mean, you're never gonna see that the I, Nike headquarters. I mean, it, my my issue with it is just like, yeah, I mean. What like it was a fun music. I thought the skit that he did when he was crying, I thought that was actually hilarious. Like that made up for the, the crying. Yeah, I think it was. It made the fact that he was crying during the music video. It it just it just sort of something about it just rubs me the wrong way. It's the same thing with Two C Slide. It's like okay, where people are like, oh, you know, this is so genius. Like he made it's for TikTok. Don't you get it? Like it's gonna be popular on TikTok, and it's like. First of all, that's not ingenious, number one, to make like a dance song. Whoa, what did it take Albert Einstein to be like, oh, I should make a dance song and maybe people will dance to it on the dance social media. And and it's like, why am I supposed to care? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why am I supposed to care about that? Am I supposed to give him extra credit? Like, I don't I'm not on TikTok. I don't care about TikTok. If he makes a song that's popular on TikTok, I'm not going to give him like a pat on the back like. that has nothing to do with me it's like i it's i don't even know what to describe it it's like oh drake made a song to like you know i don't even know it's it's like he's catering to something that has nothing that has no interest like if other people think that's cool then fine but like why am i supposed to be like oh i like this song more now because it's popular on tiktok okay that aside why i bring that up it's like same thing with the i just feel like he's getting too I guess cute. It's like all this, the baby stuff and him crying, him crying. The song is not a sad song. Nothing going on in the music video is sad. 
But he, he has really just what he really wanted to do it. Like that was his idea. Yeah, was he just wanted to cry because he just wanted people to use it as a meme. I mean, that's the yeah. entire point. That, that there's literally no other point except he wants people to take that picture of him crying and like use it for memes and stuff now. Which, like, I mean, okay, I guess. Same thing with like, same thing with like the baby stuff. Like, what I guess baby is in the song. Like, if if you don't listen to the music video, I guess the baby is still there. I'm constantly saying baby over and over again. But, and I guess it's not that bad. But it's just the same thing. He just wants people to use the clip of this camera zooming in on his face, saying "baby" as like some sort of meme. And the same thing with like, okay, he shoots. Is it kind of cool to like see that? Like when they first pulled up at the beginning of the video to like the Nike headquarters, it looks like a spaceship or something like the building. It looks really cool. Um, but it's like, am I supposed to like? It's fun to watch or whatever. But then it's like, okay, so this is just all like literally product placement. The whole music video is just a promotion for Nike, which is like, why am I supposed to care about Nike? And and the whole like it's like oh drake is his next music video gonna be at like google headquarters and like oh he's gonna be playing you know checkers with michelle obama like that's so cool like it's just i don't know it's just oh my god he's with odell but now he's with kevin durant it's like wow what if we just put a bunch of famous people but i don't know there's just something about it i i saw a tweet that somebody said um uh drake completed story mode and now he's just like doing stuff you know, it's like he he basically completed the video game and now he's just sort of running around in Grand Theft Auto, like shooting planes and putting the cheat codes in. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, is the song good? I mean, I guess. I guess it's good. I listen to it. I'm like, you know, this is pretty catchy. I, I don't think there's like any sort of substance to it, but it's fine. It's fun. Yeah. Like you said, if I listened to it in a car, would I be like, oh, this is a cool song? uh probably but it's just like there's no there's nothing to it like there's no message and i'm not somebody who's like oh i need all my songs that i like to be so deep and meaningful you know but it's like messages and shit well yeah i don't i don't need there's sometimes it's just okay to have music that's just fun that you can listen to at a party but even then like i feel like he could have done a better job it's fine but i'm like this is a lead single and to your point you know, the lead single, I mean, he's had a lot of great singles, but it's not like the lead single, like pop style was a single for views. Um, and it's like to that, just like, obviously people can have their opinions on views as an album, but there's like a bunch of other songs that are way better than the singles. And so it's just to your point, it's like the, the lead single doesn't necessarily have to be the best song on the album, even though for a lot of artists it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm just, it, this didn't get me more excited for the album, put it that way. And yeah, to I know I'm rambling here, but yeah, your point, Little Dirk, it's like he comes on for 30 seconds. He has that line about like rats. I guess he's talking about 6 9 but like it's totally, yeah. there's no substance to his verse. Like, no, no. It's nothing. He's, it's literally just, and I don't understand. It's like, so he gets it. This is probably the biggest moment of his entire career. Uh, I, I mean, I get that he's probably rich and, and super successful and he has this huge fan base that just because we're not a part of it doesn't mean that it's not there. But it's like you're on the lead single of like one of the biggest artists of all time and you just go for 30 seconds and I only remember one of your lines and I don't know anything else that you said. And it, was it bad? I mean, I don't think so. But was it good? I mean, I don't know. It was just kind of there. And that's what I kind of feel about the whole song. It's just kind of there, you know? And does that mean it's bad? No, it's catchy. Did I find myself after listening to it, sort of like singing it in my head a little bit? Of course, but it's just kind of there, you know? And maybe that's fine. Maybe there'll be 
you know, 10 other songs on the albums that are more, you know, in depth and, and seems like he took them more seriously or have some sort of vibe to them. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not here to just like shit on the guy, but I just wasn't, it didn't do much for me basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, going back to what you're saying, how he completed the story mode and now he's just in like GTA mode. That's exactly how I feel in which it just seems like he's just having fun with it. Um, you can see that in the music video, he's creating a lot of moments and clips to that generate memes, obviously like the baby thing. Um, him like looking uh kind of like peeking out of like a bunch of sneaker boxes you, you know that that clip oh i didn't actually i mean maybe i saw it but i, I don't i can't picture it in my head that obviously him like dying laughing which i don't know how could anything be that funny yeah <laughs> that was a bit extreme him getting um, tackled by marshawn lynch yeah he getting tackled by marshall lynch obviously you said it already crying um and yeah i mean it just seems like he's having fun with it and i mean you know so like i said before like the first single is more mainstream so i don't expect it to have too much substance i would say god's god's plan has more substance than this song i like god's plan way better than this song god's plan is definitely definitely better um than this song but you know i don't mind it it doesn't it's pretty neutral, you know. It doesn't, you know, give me a. It doesn't give me. I'm not like like when Pop Style came out. I was like, the sounds and suck. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, like when I first hear this, I'm like, okay, you know, it, it's gonna be. It's not. I don't, I don't. I don't have the expectations that it's gonna be amazing. I think it's probably gonna be like I like views more now. So I'll put it. Uh, uh, my expectations are around what views is going to be. So it's going to be, you know, half half the songs are going to be good. Yeah, I I I would agree in terms of. I mean, I guess this made me. I I, I did say earlier, like, oh, it made me. It doesn't make me more excited for the album, but I don't really think it makes me less excited for the album because I wasn't like, like you said, I'm expecting more of like a views level, nowhere near his best, but you're not going to say it's bad and you're not going to have like a, at least, you know, five or six, I mean, depending on how many songs are on the album, but like a good handful of songs. So you're like, Oh, I really like these songs, which I'll be totally cool with. So yeah, it's just, I mean, what do you think of the name of the album? Certified lover boy. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I don't like it. It's more of a, uh, a weekend type album name. Wow. That's a great call. It hundred percent does sound like a weekend album name. Uh, and I just, I mean, I almost like it because of how dumb it is where it's like, I can't believe that he named this, his, his album, this, where it's like, maybe, you know, a few years from now, I'll be like, Oh, that, that's such a, that's so different than all of his other album names. Like, uh, that maybe it's like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. I just think it's stupid. I mean, what does even lover boy mean? It just means that he gets a lot of girls. Is that the whole, I mean, I guess that's what it certified lover boy means that's the name of your album like it just points to more of uh like we said he's in he just completed the video game now he's just doing stuff it's like he had he doesn't really have much else to talk about really i feel like what is he going to talk about every song that he puts out is like insanely successful like it used to be that you would have to like an artist lead single would 
you know, that would be like the popular song from their album. And like, if that got in like the top 10 of the hot 100, that was like a hit, you know, but it's like Drake, like Omerta, you know, that song that was number eight on the hot 100 money in the grave was number five on the hot 100. It's like, he could just put out any sort of decent Drake song and it basically becomes like a, a, a serious hit. Oh wait, no, actually I was looking at this wrong. I think hold up, hold up. That was in Canada. Hold up folks. I was going to say that seems a bit, that seems a bit ridiculous, right? I was just looking at, but let's see if it ruins my point. It kind of ruins my point. Money in the Grave was seventh on the Hot 100 and Omerta was 35. But it's just my, okay, my point is he, every everything that he puts out is going to sell and become a chart hit on the radio no matter what, literally no matter what. And it's just like what it, what it, he doesn't really have a competitor in terms of like somebody, you know, I guess some people would say Kendrick, but they don't really have beef. They haven't really, Okay, a few years ago they had some lines for each other, but they don't. It's not like they're battling against each other. They're not even even really in the same lane either. He just doesn't put out enough music to stay relevant throughout the year. Yeah, and it's it's just so he doesn't really have somebody to battle against, quote unquote, and they one up each other. Everything that he does is going to be successful no matter what. He's super popular. He's made just a ton of money. It's like, what, it, what, what, unless he's going to make an album about being a dad, like what, in what more does he have to say that's interesting? You know, like what really, what does he have to say? We, I think we've heard that all basically that we're going to hear from Drake, which is why I would just want one album, just straight like R&B Drake and then just retire. Cause he, it's just. He can make those R&B songs about like relationships and whatever. Yeah, he could do that infinitely forever. That's but that's what I'm saying. Like, just why don't not make one album that's just an R&B album and then just give it a rest. You know, he doesn't have. I guess he just loves making music, but he doesn't have to make put out an album every two years. Like, he could go ten years without releasing an album and come back and put out an album. Uh, Not, I'm not saying he should do that. I'm just saying like it's not like his fan base is going to go anywhere. But then, I mean, it's just, he is a, a good actor. I will say that. I mean, even in, uh, like I said, the skit that he does where he's crying and, and the guy's like, what, what's the deal? It's just so, it is really honestly legitimately hilarious. When he's like, I got to have like a warrior spirit. It's just so, yeah, yeah. I thought he was actually funny, funnier than the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Like I thought the other guy, and I've seen, I don't, I don't know if you've seen his videos, but I've seen some of his videos on social media and they are pretty funny. Um but I feel like Drake was actually being way more funnier than he was. And he, he, he wasn't living up to how funny Drake was being. Uh, but I just thought that that was interesting. Uh, it, it was, it was a great moment. I don't know. I mean, Drake Drake. I'm a fan of Drake, obviously. I just, uh, I don't, it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't feel the same as like, whatever, like nothing was the same though. I mean, now you could say maybe that's just because, whatever it was more new at that time but i think it really does have to do where it's like what what is what 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 does this guy have to I don't, i'm not even criticizing him anymore it's like what what else does he really have to talk about like what do you want him to talk about he you can only brag about how successful you are so many times until it gets a little boring right um speaking of uh, number one songs i just had to get this off my chest is that the wop song is just disgusting. 
I hate. I, mean, I I've I've avoided listening to it to be honest. Like I, I generally I I've seen some screenshots and I've seen some pictures, and I've seen like I actually saw like a a meme. Uh, I don't know. You saw it? It was like Ben Shapiro uh, rapping along to it. I guess he was saying, you know, obviously he's like a conservative guy. So he was, I didn't watch the whole, I didn't even see the original video, but I guess he was like reading out the lyrics to be like, you know, these are bad lyrics or inappropriate or whatever. And it, they, it was just hilarious listening to him because they put like a beat behind it and it kind of sounded like he was rapping it. It was very funny, but I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I'm not like a Cardi B fan or like a Megan Thee Stallion fan, so it's not like I'm going to go out of my way to listen to it. And I'm not like in the car listening to the radio, so it's like I can avoid songs like that pretty easily. The thing is, is that people complain like um, all you know, rappers talk about is just like sex and everything. And meanwhile, you have the biggest female rappers literally just make exclusive songs about sex but are you kidding me but and then then it goes number one the only reason why i listened to it was because the next morning i expected drake to be number one on apple music and it was number two behind that fucking song so i'm like how the fuck is this possible like this song cannot be that good i listened to it i'm like this song is fucking awful and the thing is is that it's not even like doesn't make them attractive it makes them even less attractive that you have to make an entire song talking about like what they talk about. Um, it, it makes it seem like they have to talk about it because they actually don't have it. You know, they're like insecure about it. It's like, let me just make a whole fucking song about how like hot I am. I'm so fucking insecure. And I need the validation. Well, I mean, couldn't to play devil's advocate, couldn't you say that they, like if if people are going to criticize them for that, like I said, I didn't listen to the song. I'm not interested in listening to the song. Um, but couldn't they make the same argument that's like every male rapper just raps about you know being a drug dealer and getting girls and making money, and so they couldn't they say this is basically our version of that? And like, how are you going to criticize us for doing that when that's all that basically any? Obviously, we're being exaggerating right now but that's basically what a lot of rap music is about when it's guy male rappers so i don't know i mean it's i i almost more question like because it's like are they really writing this music you know like with with like pop stars and with cardi b you'd have to make maybe meg the stallion's not on that level yet but cardi b is like a pop star like she's very famous she makes like music that does get like very popular, you know, obviously whether you like it or not, I'm not listening to her albums or her music really. Um, Bodak Yellow was a great song though, but it's like a lot of these people have like songwriters and it's almost like they're produced. Like it's a production. There's like so many people involved in like crafting, like, okay, Cardi B, like we're going to put out another album. Like here's what the lead single is going to be. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I almost wonder how much input do they even have on their own music or are they just, you know, sort of performing what's being written for them. So it's like, it's hard, but then you could say, well, can they push back? But maybe, Hey, maybe this is the music that in, they enjoy making. I don't know, man. I, uh, I, from what I've seen, I don't really know how this song would be played on the radio though. Like even the chorus is like, they would have to like, bl- it would have to do one of those songs where they completely change the words of the chorus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't even think it's a good song. Like, yeah, I mean, like, setting aside the, I don't really care about like whatever the content is like, oh, whatever. If I'm, I'm just interested in good songs. So I could be open to the possibility that they could just make a, a song like that, but it could be good. But I'm just more interested in, is it actually a good song or not? Yeah, that's the thing. It's not. So it's just like, I don't understand what's pushing this. It just seems like that they're maybe just female and their audience is just like, we got to get this, got to, got to get this to do some numbers. But yeah, I mean, that, that could play a role too, because a lot of these, like, uh, like I said, Cardi B is like a pop star. So a lot of these pop stars have like insane, I don't know. I'm sure the same applies to her, but they have like fan bases, almost like a, I would compare them to like sports players. Um, where it's like, you know, Ariana Grande has like a fan base, like, you know, LeBron has a fan base and there's like a certain percentage of them who are just going to say like, they can do no wrong. So to your point, it's like, I mean, you could go on Twitter when any of these songs get put out. It's always, it's like a zillion people saying stream, you know, cool girl by Ariana Grande, like stream and they just spam it. And like, so I think they're not to say it's all like astroturfed and it's not real, but there definitely is like. You know, if if you have such a big fan base, you put out your lead single for an album. Does it really matter at, to a certain degree? Does it really matter what the song sounds like? Like an X percent of your fan base is going to like it no matter what. It's like almost like a, it's, a it's almost like a cult. And it's that's not even to say for female artists. It's really for the same thing. It's like same thing for Drake. Okay. Um, it's like you put out a song and you have a fan base. If you consider yourself a Drake fan, you don't want to be disappointed by the music that he puts out. So you're going to give him every sort of benefit of the doubt to be, you know what I'm saying? So it's, and I'm, I'm not above that and nobody's above that. Same thing. You like anything you, you like sports, you like this political party. As long as, as soon as you say you're a fan of something, you're a supporter of something, you're a member of something, your brain is automatically going to sort of look for ways to sort of validate that or, or affirm that. So I don't know. I mean, I know there was some controversy with the song, like, Oh, is it too inappropriate or whatever? I, I mean, I could get that to a certain degree, especially if it because there's like, I don't know, on the radio, there's like, you know, you listen, you turn the radio on, there's like 12 year olds in the car. You know, I, I know I sound like a grandpa right now, but it's like I would say the same thing for a bunch of really pop music in general from guys or from girls. It's like, is it um, even like rap music from guys, like I'm saying, so it's not like a gender thing is some of it is it's almost like you sort of get older and you're like, I don't know, maybe, you know, the adults were right when they're saying some of this stuff is not super appropriate for people who are like in sixth grade. But then it's like, well, you know, it's sort of like when people say, oh, violent video games cause people to be violent. And there's all these studies that say, well, that's not true. It's like, I don't know. Does, does listening to this type of music sort of change your thinking or is it sort of like brainwashing? Who knows, man, I'm not an expert, but, uh, I guess whatever people could listen to whatever they want to listen to. It's not my cup of tea, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't really matter what song they put out. I was just like, I'm not really a Cardi B fan or a Meg Thee Stallion fan. So it's like, they could have put out the best song ever. I probably wasn't going to listen to it anyway. It seems like this is the best song ever. Just the numbers that it's doing and the talk that it's getting. Is it really number one on the hot 100? Not anymore. Well, I don't know about the hot. I know Apple music. I'll look up the Hot 100. Well, maybe it's not because I know they go by like weekly. So, yeah, this is the week of August 15th. Okay, we'll see. Oh, another one of these websites that have an autoplay video player. Great. Fantastic. All right. I don't even know. All right. So, I don't even see this. 
Watermelon Sugar by Harry Styles. Shout out to Harry Number Styles, one. man. Rockstar featuring Roddy is two. What's Poppin' a Remix is number three. That's crazy. Are you, is this Apple Music or Hot 100? This is Billboard Hot 100. Oh my God. That's crazy that the What's Poppin' Remix is yeah. number three in America. I don't even see um, the, that song on here. Wop. So I guess it's not updated this week yet. So it's probably not. Uh, yeah, maybe it's from next week. Honestly, absolutely fuck this website. It just won't load with the video player. God damn. I don't know if it's my computer or what. Um, all right. You want to talk about sports or you yeah, have more? What happened? Um, so, yeah. So the NBA regular season standings seating is officially over. Uh, recording this on Sunday afternoon. And we are, we're getting the first round of the NBA playoffs tomorrow, all throughout the day from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. And, you know, it should be should be pretty fun. You know, they, it's a five-game series. So, I mean, I, I think I'm going to like that more. It, it makes sense. Uh, Wait, hold on a second. The first round is five games? Is that that's baseball? Yeah, dude. Yeah, no, that's baseball. The first round is seven games. That's baseball. Um, yeah, I'm getting mixing all these playoffs things up. Um, but yeah, Blazers beat the Grizzlies yesterday to sneak into the playoffs, and now they get to face the Lakers. And you know, we'll see. I mean, I think the Blazers are exhausted. Are exhausted. They just played two must-win games. Pretty much gave it their all. And, you know, back-to-back days. Um, and now they have to play the, oh, arguably, arguably the best team in the league, I would say, at least top three. And going with going against playoff LeBron. So they're probably going to get washed. I would say they win one game. The Blazers? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they people have been obviously the Lakers haven't looked their best, and the Blazers have been on a roll, and Dame's been on a roll. But it's like, you know, and maybe you could say, you know, the Lakers, who they they don't really have a lot of depth in terms of guards, especially with Rondo and Bradley, uh, Avery Bradley out. So it's like, oh, they got to guard Dame and CJ. But at the end of the day, the Blazers are horrible on defense, and they have nobody to guard LeBron. They have Mario Hazonia and Gary Trent Jr. and Carmelo to guard LeBron. Like, good luck, man. I mean, if if LeBron doesn't ball out this series, that would be highly concerning. Um, and then it's like, is Nurkic going to be able to guard AD? Like, AD better shut Nurkic down, man. Like, enough with this, man. You better come to play, Anthony Davis. I'm, 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 you're, I'm on your case, man. And. He's on my personal hot seat, that is for sure. He better absolutely lock Yusuf Nurkic down. Um, yeah, I don't think I, – I could see five games. It's like also Dame – is Dame going to shoot, you know, 50% from three for just ever now? Like what if he cools off like 10%? Then they could get swept. I don't – I think if LeBron comes to play and AD comes to play, then then – it should be a quick series for sure. I know people are getting all, oh, maybe the Blazers could do it. It's kind of like the the sexy pick 
even even though I don't even know how many people are actually committing to picking it, they're just like, oh, maybe the Blazers could give them some trouble. Well, why don't you pick them to win then if you're so confident about that? But yeah, it's like, I mean, I've been watching these games. I was watching them play the Grizzlies. It was actually a close game, pretty good game right down to the, to the end. And it's just like, they don't play any defense. Like they play zero. Gary Trent Jr. is probably the only one who like actually runs around playing some defense. It's like layup after layup after open shot for the other team. It's like, I mean, honestly, this could be a blessing in disguise for the Lakers. Play a team that is, you know, talented enough to sort of get them to get their get the ball rolling and get get some momentum. But you know, it's they're they're horrible enough on defense where the Lakers could like pick up a rhythm offensively. And uh, I mean, I'm rather the Lakers play the Blazers than the Grizzlies because they were just going to smoke the Grizzlies, and it wasn't even going to be close. So I think this will get the ball rolling, get their legs underneath them for the playoffs. Right. Um, so yeah, I would say Lakers in five. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, pretty much the that one game, I'm pretty much banking if they were to win one one game. You know, Dame is going to go for like fifty. Yeah, just go crazy. Three, but uh, it's un- It's going to be un- it's un- considering the amount of time between these games. It's probably going to be un- unsustainable. He just doesn't have enough enough help. Yeah, they're playing every other day. That's another thing. Oh yeah, and also like there's the whole after Melo hit the go ahead game go ahead shot uh, the other night. There's all the oh LeBron versus Melo, and they like takes it back like all the fit, the photos of them in high school, and then like the Nuggets and um, the Rockets whatever. and the Knicks. Yeah, and it's just like LeBron stays being the best player in the league, and then you look at Melo, who's like on a bunch of different teams, who was out of the league. It's like it's not really. It's like no, it's not the it's not LeBron versus Melo series. No, uh, it, it's not. I mean, it's crazy that if you think when they got drafted, it's like seventeen years later. Would you have expected them to be playing in a series against each other? That's pretty crazy. But yeah, I mean, it's not. Carmelo is very much so a role player. Like, what is it? Is it really that crazy in seventeen years that they they wouldn't play one series against each other? I mean, I think if you told people on draft night that they're still going to be playing seventeen years from now, like. In 17 years, okay. I mean, yeah, it's a long-ass time. I mean, people, this is, I guess we're moving towards, like, a new era where players play longer and whatever, but, like, how long was Michael Jordan's career? Like, 14, 15 seasons, 16? I don't know. Maybe he did play 17 seasons. Larry Bird played, like, 13 seasons, I want to say. Like, you know, it's not just, like, a shoe-in that players are going to play almost two decades in the league. I mean, what's the most seasons that someone played in the NBA? Just, well, it's going to be LeBron. It's going to be LeBron, but like maybe it's Vince Carter. Like how many how many seasons did Vince yeah. Carter play? Like 20, 21? Yeah, 20, 21. So he's 43. And I think he came to the league when he was uh, 19 or 20, Vince Carter. He came in when he was 22 because he went to North Carolina. He was like more old school where they like still played in college and played a few years there. Um so yeah, came in twenty two. So he played twenty one years in the league. Yeah, I mean so, that's crazy. Is LeBron gonna play five more seasons? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean why not? I don't see why LeBron can't just transfer into being like a seventeen point per game, ten assists, like six rebounds player, and be like whatever the fourth best point guard in the league. You know, <laughs> like forever basically. Uh, so yeah, I, well, okay, so that's that series. I mean, is there anything else you want to say about Lakers, uh, Blazers? No, that's 
pretty much it. I mean, shout out to the the Suns for going eight eight and zero and and still not making it into the playing game. But you know that was a nice run, a nice moment for Devin Booker, and it'll give them at least some positive momentum going into next season. Even though it's still going to be tough for them to even make the playoffs because the West is just so stacked. Yeah, and especially that the tail end of the conference, there's just so many similar teams uh, with like a bunch of talent, but. They're all going to have like a similar record every year. It's the same thing. It's the race for the, the eighth seed. I mean, no team next year is going to be like not playing to make the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. even like, do I think the Timberwolves are going to make the playoffs? No, but they just tra- traded for D'Angelo Russell. They're going to want to make the playoffs. You know, right. the Warriors are going to be back. The Pelicans are going to be trying to make the playoffs. The Kings, Spurs, Suns, Grizzlies, Blazers are going to be trying to make the playoffs. So it's like there's going to be no team that's like tanking. All those teams are going to be have a goal to at least make the playoffs next year. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, But, you know, staying on this year, uh, which series are you most excited for? That's a good question. Uh, Do you want in the NBA in general or just the Western Conference? NBA in general. Uh, NBA in general. So, I mean, I think we could rule out the 1, 8, and 2, 7 in each conferences. I mean – I don't think Bucks Magic is going to be competitive. I mean, I, I'll, I'll let you speak about Nets Raptors if you want, but it's like Clippers uh, Mavs because I see that going maybe six games, maybe, but I just can't believe that the Mavericks would be able to win. Same with the Blazers. Like, would I be shocked if it goes six games? No, but unless there's an injury, I would be shocked that the Blazers win. So then it's like Nuggets Jazz is not really doing it for me. Um, I will, the, my answer would probably be Rockets Thunder if Russ wasn't hurt. Yeah, I mean either way, um, you know it's Chris Paul versus Harden. Yeah, that's and, a great, great narrative. Yeah, so I mean, it's just amazing. Everyone thought the Thunder were going to be a bottom five team, and here they are, end of the season with the same record as the Houston Rockets. Very incredible stuff by the Thunder. I wish there was a most improved team award or something. That would be kind of interesting. Or a team that, like, well, Coach of the Year kind of a lot of times tends to be, like, team that most surpassed mm, okay. expectations, kind of, so. Okay, yeah, I can see that. All right, yeah, so there's that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Thunder, uh, Chris Paul, what he's done has been just amazing. Uh, he's nursing a, a, a thumb injury, but I think he'll be fine. But I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be awesome. I, I don't think like, people like Chris Paul is not gonna be scoring like thirty points a game or even twenty five. Like he's gonna just get his eighteen and ten, and just be very efficient. Like it's not like he's gonna do anything crazy. It's not gonna be like oh the Chris Paul revenge series. It's like no, he's just gonna play well, and he's gonna make the players around him better. And- I think that the Rockets overall win. Um, you know, Harden is just gonna play. 44 minutes a game, shooting 30 times, and I think he's just going to play well. But I think you know, I think it'll be like a six-game series. So you're saying Rockets in six? Yes. Yeah, and I mean uh, Westbrook apparently is going to miss the first few games, so maybe he comes back game four, maybe he comes back game three. Um, and then you also have to see like what he looks like when he comes back. And I think there's – I mean there's so much more pressure on like Harden and the Rockets – like if the clip if the uh, if the Thunder lose in six or or seven, is anyone going to be like, oh, this is a disgrace? This is such a disappointment. 
you know, pro- a, probably not. It's a win for them either way, just making the playoffs. Yeah. And and so, yeah, uh, I mean, Russ, Russ being hurt, I'll go Rockets in seven. I'll go Rockets in seven because uh, it's it's hard to say when, when exactly Russ is going to be back. It seems like what I'm reading, he'll be back for the first round, but – yeah, I'll go. I'll go Rockets in seven for that one. That's that's probably the one I'm most excited for. I mean, it probably would have been Celtics Sixers if 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 uh, Ben Simmons didn't get hurt, but he's hurt, so it's like, eh, I, I can't really say I'm too honestly not to be a buzzkill, but well, no, you know, it will be fun to watch because even even uh, Clippers, Mavs, and Lakers, Blazers, I think are going to be entertaining, even if they're not like close series. So, and you know, I would say. Bucks Magic, that's not going to be entertaining. I mean, what do you think about Raptors Nets? That, that's your team right there. Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy. Um, so, if you look at the players who are out for the Nets, it's just like they're top five players. And like their centers, we got, I'm not going to mention Katie, but we got Kyrie, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, DeAndre Jordan, Chris Chioza, um, Claxton, and Wilson Chandler, just like uh, Torian Prince, like basically, basically all their starters are just not playing. Um, so we're left with like a bunch of scrappy younger dudes, um, led by Kara Savert and Jared Allen. But it's really interesting is that I saw that the the Raptors defense is great, like second best in the league, I would say behind the Bucks. But their half court defense is actually the worst in the league. Just really interesting. Well, I don't know how that really is that, makes sense. Wait, what? Yeah. The Raptors half court defense is the worst in the league? By synergy by synergy. Thirtieth in the league. Who the hell did somebody tweet that? Let me get the tweet. because um, I don't even know how the hell does that make any sense? How can you be the best defense in the league, but your half court defense is the worst defense in the league? Most of the possessions are gonna be in the half court. Yeah, I mean that's that's because then you figure. I mean, you could be an amazing, um, you know, fast oh, okay. break defense team, but yeah, go ahead. The Raptors are ranked thirtieth in half court offense. There we go. There we go. Okay, so dead last. Okay, so basically, uh, the premise is that the Nets play heavy zone, and the Rockets offense, you know, struggles against that. So that's like kind of interesting. Was that uh, stat for the full season or just for the bubble? Full season, I believe. Okay, that's that's yeah. pretty interesting. I mean, I guess, yeah, you look at the uh, that's kind of surprising because the Raptors, they I guess they push the pace more, but it's like they they have offensive talent. Van Vliet, Lowry, Siakam, you wouldn't expect them to be that bad in, in the half court offense, especially when Nick Nurse gets a lot of credit for being like a great coach. You figure he would get some sort of system in the half court offense to get them at least to be like a decent offensive team. But I mean, so what do you think? Do you think the Nets are going to be able to give them give them a run for their money? Um, so I think they definitely, I think they're going to win one game. They haven't fared too well against the Raptors. They're one in three versus the Raptors this regular season, but you know, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. I'm not sure if the, I'm not sure what the Raptors mindset is that like maybe, I mean, I, I would say like, I mean, the, the first game it's, um, they're nine and a half point underdogs. So that's a bit high. Um, considering home court advantage isn't actually a thing. True. Uh, so I would, I, I think like 60% of the bets were actually on the Nets to cover. 
So I think it's going to be a bit closer than people think. I mean, the Raptors are going to win. I'm not going to – I mean, obviously, I'm a Nets fan. I, mean, I love the Nets. I don't think they win more than two games, but I would say they win one. So and I would say I would say they probably win won the first two games. Okay. Just, so and then they just you know, lose it. You're going Raptors in five? Yeah, I'm gonna say Raptors in five, max six. I will go uh, I'll go Raptors in five. I wanna give Nets six, but I just think the Raptors defense is so good where it's like if they can even slow down Karis Levert, like what the hell are the Nets gonna do, you know? Like yeah. what are they gonna do if if they slow down Karis Levert? If if Levert has an off game, how the hell are the Nets gonna win? Yeah, because that's the thing. Um, you know, even like Chris Chioza is a huge like. We don't have Dinwiddie Chioza. Like th- those guys are like the spark plugs, and we don't have DeAndre Jordan. Like our we lack we lack depth everywhere. It's just a bunch of guys just like stepping up, and it's been awesome to watch. I mean, even though they're like when they played the Clippers, the Bucks. Um, they're missing key players. They still won. I mean, the Nets are missing key players. So kind of Nets out. Um, so those are still really good wins. I mean, they played the Blazers tough too, like right down to the wire. When the Blazers needed to win and the Nets didn't need a win at all. They couldn't care less. They couldn't care less. They were just doing the other teams like a favor. And they're, you know, they're right there. Harris, absolute ball out. Harris looks phenomenal. And, Listen, if the Nets don't get Bradley Beal, I'm not mad because Karras, I mean, I love Karras. Like, I, you know, I watched them grow um, on this Nets team, and I can't believe that he is where he is right now. Like, I never expected him to ever have over, like, never, I never expected him to have multiple 30-point games and him to be a potential, potential 25-a-game point scorer. Like, I don't think he's not going to score 25 a game with KD, Kyrie. But he could definitely score 18 to 20 um, for sure with them. Well, it might be a little bit tougher with Dinwiddie. There's like a lot of mouths to feed. Does Dinwiddie, a couple things about Dinwiddie. Why why is he not in the bubble again? Was it an injury? No, he had COVID and then he, he opted out. Oh, right, right. So he opted out. So does he, what is he, how, does he have one year left on his contract or is Dinwiddie locked down? Dinwiddie, I think he has. He has two more years. I think he's going to be free agent next year. Let's see. Let me get the facts. Yeah, because I'm, I'm just thinking, like, it, they're going to have Dinwiddie, Lavert, KD, and Kyrie for next year and the year after that? Yeah, so he's a free unrestricted free agent in 2022. So they have him next year and then the season after that, then he's a free agent. Yeah, maybe. I mean, obviously, like you said, there's been talk of, oh, Bradley Beal, are they going to trade for someone? Could could they? It is a lot of mouths to feed, though. Dinwiddie, Levert, KD, and Kyrie. But could they make it work? You think? I don't know. Maybe they have to bring one of them off the bench for sure. Definitely Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie has been thriving off the bench. He's been averaging twenty a game and like still getting five assists. Like he's been great on the bench. That's his role for sure, and that's gonna be it next year. It's just a matter of like figuring out the KD, Kyrie, Karras thing. I mean, obviously Karras is gonna get the least amount of shots. KD is going to get the most. Um, I'm hoping Kyrie plays more of a, a playmaker role and it's like very efficient. I mean, he's, he's just a very efficient player regardless. Um, but yeah, so Dimity is a little bit less efficient, but he 
he's basically um so let's say he's very still i mean I, he was definitely top three six man six men uh, yeah i mean your six man doesn't need to be like some freaking all-star who shoots like 40 percent from three and 50 percent from the field even like average to slightly above average efficiency from a player like Spencer Dinwiddie who can create his own shot and get you like 25 on you know a random night that that's that's more than basically every other team has from a six man and one thing I would say just is you you'd like Karras to be a little bit better of a shooter if he's gonna be playing off ball so much you know with Katie and Kyrie I wonder almost if they would because then I think like, oh, maybe would they give Karras the ball a little more because KD and Kyrie are such great shooters that they could kind of space the floor and maybe they ha- they have more off-ball value than Karras does. But it's like then the, the trade-off is like, well, you're not having Kyrie and KD with the ball in their hands as much. And it's like, uh, is it really worth it? So that 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 might be uh, – who's a better shooter, Dinwiddie or Karras? Um, are they like kind, know, kind of the same? It's pretty deceptive where Dinwiddie can hit – he could hit like Damian Lillard type range threes, but just not at the same. Obviously, not at the same efficiency. I think he's averaging only thirty five percent from three. But it seems like the thing about his his threes is that they he hits them when it matters. So it has the effect to where like he'll miss like maybe a couple in like the first quarter, but then the fourth quarter he'll hit like two, three in a row, and you're like, holy shit, this guy's an amazing shooter. Like, this season, he only shot 30%, but honestly, I would have guessed, like, he shot 30% on six attempts. Um, I would have guessed, like, 37, just the way, or 30, at least 35, just the way that he shoots. Like, he isn't, his career average from three is 32%. So, just looking at these numbers, you would think that he's actually not a good shooter, but... It's just really when it matters, he actually hit, he hits them and he hits them from deep, and it's like wow, that's ridiculous. Really, so, wow, that's and may, well, maybe you think if he plays a little more off ball and he's got a little more catch and shoot threes, he could sneak up to like around thirty five percent. So, yeah, it, it's I'm, I am interested to see, even not as someone who's a Nets fan, how do how does that sort of group of four come together and work together? But I mean, for for this year, yeah, I think I'll go with Raptors in five. You mean? I just I just think their defense is too good and they're just so much more talented, you know. But I mean credit to Jock Vaughn. He's he's got he's got the guys playing. He's got the guys playing hard. And I, I have to say, um, just for the record that Karras is shooting thirty six and a half percent on five attempts, which is pretty much uh league average, which is kind of what I expected him. I actually expected Dinwiddie to have that percentage. Um it does have like if you watch Basically, it looks like Dinwiddie's like the better three-point shooter, just because Dinwiddie shoots like way, like very deep, and he just like hits these incredible shots. But he's just not as efficient, um, like throughout the game. But you know, he hits it when it matters, so that kind of gives the perception that he's a better three-point shooter than he may actually be. But you know, listen, if you're hitting when it matters, that's all that matters. All right. What about? I mean, I think Bucks Magic. We would both say it's going to be a sweep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so Bucks in four. I mean, it's just a bummer. Uh, the one thing I'll say for this series is it's a bummer that Jonathan Isaac got hurt because you'd love to see uh, Isaac like try to guard Giannis. You know, just to see if he could slow him down a little bit. That that would be interesting. But I mean, with with him gone, I mean, even if he was there, I mean, this is going to be a sweep. It should be a sweep. Oh yeah. 
it was it shouldn't be and then and Giannis is actually pissed that the Bucks did so I wouldn't say so poorly, but not they didn't meet expectations in the bubble. Even though it was an eight, they were they were three and five, which is obviously not what you expect from the best team in the league, but um I think they probably make a statement and just demolish the the magic of the first round. They don't even give them a chance to breathe. I, I, I agree with that. Um so what about uh Celtic Sixers? I mean my thing is, okay, I, I don't know. I think we talked about this before um, we started recording, but it's like, okay, so Ben, this would have been super interesting and a great, awesome series if if uh, Ben Simmons didn't get hurt. Now it's like, okay, it's time for Embiid to, you know, even if the Sixers lose in like seven games, Embiid's got to have a monster series. He's just got to have a monster series to put his money where his mouth is, and he's got to have a monster series to give them any sort of shot. I think the Celtics are just have proven themselves though to just be a better team, even with uh, Ben Simmons on the Sixers all year. Like they've just been proving themselves to be better. Now you could say maybe when they play each other, whatever matchups and just going by talent, it's closer. But the the Celtics, I'm going Celtics. You know what? I'll get a little ballsy. Celtics in five. Because I just don't believe in the Sixers team, and I think Embiid is too up and down. He's wishy washy. He's he's obviously an incredible player, but there's just a little too much whininess and a little too much. Oh, I'm not getting the ball enough, or oh, I'm not happy, or blah 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 blah. Meanwhile, it's like the Celtics. They just go to work. It's just Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Kemba. Like they're not. None of them are really prima donnas. They just are there to ball out and there to play. They obviously have a great coach. They're obviously going to play great defense. So I think the Celtics are uh, kind of underrated. I'm going Celtics in five. Okay. I don't mind that. I just don't – yeah, I think Embiid, he should have a big series because no one can really guard He's him. He's getting guarded by Daniel Tice. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Tice. It's not like Marcus Smart is going to um, guard Embiid. So, um yeah, I mean, the Celtics just seem very consistent. They just seem like a good, they seem like a good basketball team. You know, crazy. But, yeah, I mean, the Sixers, I just, without Ben, like, when we saw, when we saw Embiid go out and it was just Ben running the team, we saw, like, a different team where they were much more fast-paced and they went on a little bit of a streak when we started talk about, oh, should the, Sixers trade Embiid and just focus on Ben Simmons. Now that Ben Simmons is out, I don't think you're going to see the same um, for Embiid where they're just going to be like, oh, you know, the team plays much better without Simmons. They should probably just trade Ben Simmons and focus on Embiid. I just don't see it happening because, I mean, Ben's, Ben's, I think they're going to miss Ben's defense so much, especially this series when Ben is 6'10". And like he would be, he could easily guard, you know, the, the wings of the Celtics, Jalen or Hayward, uh, Tatum, you know, any of those three. Um, obviously, the other, you know, whoever he's not guarding will have the advantage, but at least he would be able to somewhat shut slow, slow the other person down. So, you know, there, that's going to be a huge. Tobias Harris isn't is not a lockdown defender. No, you're you're right. They they are going to miss Ben really badly on defense because, like you're saying, okay, uh, let's say they put whatever Josh Richardson on Kemba or or something like that. But then, okay, they're now it's Tobias is guarding Tatum or Brown, and then you still have like 
Hayward, like let's say, okay, Tobias is guarding Tatum. Well, then who the hell is guarding Brown and Hayward, you know? So, I mean, what's the lineup going to be for the Sixers? Like Shake Milton, Josh Richardson, Tobias. Are they putting Horford back in the starting lineup with Embiid or would it be like Korkmaz? But yeah, I think defensively there's too many uh, players on the Celtics that for, for the Sixers to match up with. And their guard defense last year was poor. And that was with Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler. So imagine this playoff series where they don't have Ben Simmons or Jimmy Butler going against like the, the Nets had it. The Nets, you know, showcased some upset potential last year. Dinwiddie and Karras and D'Angelo went off a bit, but you know, we're not going to go into that. But um, back to the point is that their guard defense is poor and you know, listen, they got a bunch of players. The Celtics are strong at the one through three positions, so that's their that's their point of attack. So I don't see how they could stop. Um, I don't see how they could stop the Celtics. It, it just doesn't seem feasible. And you know, you know, you could say like, oh, well, how could the the Celtics uh, stop and beat? Well, they could play a zone defense that just sort of make everyone else shoot. You make everyone else shoot, you know, they're going to win. You know, Tobias might score 30, but he's not going to average 30 points in the series. He's just not that type of player. And Horford is not the same Horford that was on the Celtics. Shake Milton, is that who you're going to resort to? Alex Burke? Um, Yeah, it it looks grim for the 76ers. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's like, then we're, they're just going to have to run it back. I mean, they're probably going to fire Brett Brown, but they're going to run back the same group of players. And we're probably going to go through all of next season, the regular season when they're underperforming, but then sometimes they look great. And it's going to be the whole, whole story all over again. Okay. What about, we might as well wrap up the Eastern conference here and then touch on the last couple of series in the West that we haven't talked about. Pacers, Heat. I mean, do you have anything Really, that jumps to mind. I mean, Sabonis being hurt, that doesn't really help things for the Pacers. I think, obviously, you know, even though Pacers are the four seed here, uh, like you said, there's no home court advantage to worry about. I just think, I mean, TJ Warren, are we really buying this? Maybe he keeps it up. I'm not really buying. I mean, I'm obviously not buying that he's a 30-point-per-game score, but I just think, you know, Jimmy Butler, you put him on Warren. I don't think Warren's going to be this amazing X factor who's averaging 25 a game in this series. Then it comes down to Oladipo is still coming back, recovering from this injury. So then, like, your number one on offense is going to be Malcolm Brogdon. I don't know. I think I just think the Heat get this done. I think the Heat, they have Bam Adebayo. He can he can guard Miles Turner. And and then they got Jimmy. And I just think they have, you know, they're sort of, sort of similar scrappy teams. But I just think the, I just think the Heat are more talented. I mean, Sabonis is like what – Maybe second, it's the Pacers are weird because it's like Oladipo is their best player, but he's hurt, and it's like Sabonis. I would say is better than Brogdon. So I mean, Sabonis has probably been their best player this year, and he's out, and he's not even playing. So, and, and then they're still expected to beat the Heat. I don't think so. I'll go Heat in six. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I do like that just because the Pacers might. Uh, yeah, Pacers might grab like a win or two, but yeah, I don't see it. I'm, I am disappointed that Jimmy Butler declared the rivalry, rivalry, rivalry between TJ Warren and himself dead right before the fucking playoff series. Like, 
that's pretty whack. Wait, what did he say? He said they're friends now? No, he just said that it's dead. Well, maybe he meant that it's dead because they played each other and like TJ Warren didn't like ball out. He said he said it was like in the past. Okay, so, I mean, maybe I hope, maybe they reunite them. Maybe they can. They, I think they. Uh, that's that's the best case for this series for entertainment purposes. They just get scrappy because they are going to be guarding each other. So, listen, like you just don't end beef like that. Um, in like a in a high stakes game, you know, I, I think it could spark up again. Maybe you know, get a little crafty. So, um, yeah. So hopefully that that's they spark it up again just for entertainment purposes. Um, but yeah, I think the the Heat are gonna take it away, and they, you know they just got the. I think Jimmy Butler is um, actually a good leader. You know what people. People say a lot about him, but, you know, he's, it's like, I think he's, I think Kobe was worse. I think Kobe was worse in practice, yet Jimmy Butler, um, you know, obviously he's not as good as as Kobe was, but, you know, he's very, he, he, he tells it how it is. He tells it how it is. He's one of the hardest workers in the league. You know, he's, you know, when it comes to basketball, like he's serious. And I think he's a, a good leader, and I think he's got the playoff experience. And he really, I'm really just impressed with Jimmy Butler's like transformation. He came in on the Bulls as like a three and D guy, like literally just a three and D guy, averaging like ten and like five or whatever it is. Then all of a sudden he, he starts stepping up his scoring, and now he's like a playmaker, all while while being consistently solid on defense. Like, you know, listen. I, I'm very impressed with Jimmy Butler. Bam is just is an awesome player. He's so dynamic, and you know they got some shooters. Um, Eric Spolstra is a great coach, so I am definitely on the Heat bandwagon fan for the first round. We'll see what happens at that. Okay, what you let's give us the games? How how many games? All right, uh, I'm gonna say five. I'm gonna say five. Five. All right, I like it. Heat in five. Okay. I mean, I think did we touch on the? I'll give my official prediction for Lakers Blazers. I think Lakers in five. I think we already said that. What about Clippers? You know what, Clippers Mavs. I'm gonna go Clippers in six. I think the Mavs have had like the best offense in history this year. I think obviously, you know, for Luca, it's a tough matchup because they just have bodies they could throw at him, like. Kawhi, Paul George, you know, even even Pat Bev, Marcus Morris. Uh, but then it's like Kristaps could have a big series. You know, who's going to be guarding him? Like Montrez. And is Montrez even going to play? Like, uh, I'm, I'm even confused. Like, is Lou Will and Montrez, are they back? Are they ready to play? I don't know. I don't know. They're all over the place. Yeah, I think, I think Lou Will is back i mean that must have been over 10 days ago in terms of quarantine and i remember seeing something that harold recently joined the uh bubble but i think yeah i just i think there this is going to be an entertaining series uh i think there's going to be some fireworks but it'll be interesting to see if the clippers could slow down the mavs offense and i'm interested to see how luca plays in his first playoff series but i'll i'll give it six games you know a little bit uh, the Matt give the mavs a couple wins I don't mind that because it seems like the Clippers just never have 
been able to um, bond really well. Like in the regular season, it's like you know Paul George and Kawhi are taking turns who's sitting out. Then it's like Montrez is hurt. Then it's just like we got the bubble, and then Lou Williams is doing his thing. And it's just like been they've just been all over the place. They it seems like they never have been in sync. Like when the Heat went on like their huge run, like they had you know every guys all the guys like hitting on all cylinders. It feels like we've just never we haven't seen that from the Clippers and it seems like this is gonna be not the first time, but like this is like the you know, the, the time that you have to play everyone at the same time, um, in the playoffs when it obviously matters. So, you know, it doesn't seem like I don't know, we'll see like how the chemistry is and how they truly are, but you know, I, I definitely could see them being a little bit out of sync just because of you know everything that's going on with Lou Will and Harris, um, but I don't know. I'm not. I could definitely see the Mavericks stealing like a game or two. Um, I mean, Luca and Chris Thompson just go off at any time. They have some other nice pieces. Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, is a spark off the bench, so I like that. I like that prediction of. Um, Clippers and six with the Mavs getting stealing two games. But I, I, I'm excited for that game. I think that series, it's gonna, definitely going to be entertaining. I mean, anytime between, I mean, the, the two good offenses, two very, you know, with the star power and whatnot, you know, it should be definitely more exciting than others. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely going to be looking, looking forward to that series. Um, and then we have, uh, let's see, I mean, Nuggets, Jazz, you know what? I'll go Nuggets in five. Getting a little out there with the predictions. I mean, six is like your classic, like, oh, I think one team's like better than the other team, but I think they're sort of close, so I'll go in six. I'll say Nuggets in five because, I mean, we just got news that Conley left the uh, bubble because he, I think it was the birth of his son, I want to say. Uh, yeah, it was the birth of his son. So, you know, that's if he gets tested every day, he's gone for less than seven days. It's a four-day quarantine. I mean, he you have to imagine at this point that he's going to miss at least like the first four four games so then it's just now they're left with basically Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Gobert and Mitchell and you know the Nuggets are basically at full strength and they got Michael Porter Jr. like this new weapon so I'll go yeah I'll go Nuggets in five and I don't I mean I don't really see too much excitement in this series because uh, I don't know I mean the the Jazz are down two of their better I know Conley struggled this year but they're down Conley. They're down Bogdanovich even since before they even came back to the bubble. So, I mean, if the Nuggets are serious and the Nuggets are going to even give, you know, the Clippers a decent run for their money in the second round, they need to really, you know, convincingly beat the Jazz because the Jazz are like wounded right now. Right. 100% agree. If like, they want to be seriously considered as title contenders, they won't let the Jazz get more than one game. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then, oh, so we already talked about Rockets. I, I am interested to see how much Michael Porter Jr. does play in that series in terms of minutes per games and and uh, his in terms of how he performs. Um, yeah, we talked about Rockets Thunder. I think we talked about every series. Uh, so I mean, it is uh, it, it's going to be a little weird. That the games are on during the day. Um, that's a little bit weird, but I would have to imagine that as like the 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 rounds progress, like that's going to be less so. You know, like I, I don't think we're going to get 
2 p.m. conference finals games. Uh, so, but it'll be interesting. It's sort of like a March, not the first person to make this point, but it is a bit of a March Madness feel with uh, games on during the day and a bunch of different games. So it'll be cool. I'm excited for it to uh, start tomorrow. Games like all over the place, like from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. So it's pretty much going to be a game on like all the time. So, and my official prediction is Clippers over Bucks in six games. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. So we're doing like the yeah, man. The, this is the the eve of the playoffs. The playoffs start tomorrow. You can't can't wait until you get some like more information, like a few games in. Got to got to make your pick. Lakers over Bucks. I like it in seven. I like it. I like it. I mean, that would make me extremely happy. Uh, yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, so, I mean, I think we've been recording pretty long. You want to uh, do a little Yankees talk, and then we could wrap it up. Yeah, uh, so I mean, the Yankees bounce back. I mean, I think last time we talked on, on Sunday, I think they were like two uh, in five in their last seven. And uh, I mean, this week, thankfully, they got to play the Red Sox when the Red Sox are basically trash, unfortunately, for any Red Sox fans listening out there. Um, but let me see. So so Sunday, I don't, I don't they, they lost the race. I think we talked after that game. So they beat the Braves. Uh, two games, and they beat the Red Sox two games. So they've won. They're four and zero since we last had our podcast. Um, unfortunate news: uh, Judge went to the injured list uh, with like a calf strain, and then last night or this morning, I guess officially, but last night, Lemayhu sprained his thumb. So he's uh, so we have Stanton, Lemayhu, and Judge on the injured list. Like arguably the Yankees' three best hitters. So that's great news. It's just, I mean, obviously. Uh, Stanton's injury is like a month injury. Judge apparently might resume baseball activities tomorrow, I saw. And, and LeMahieu is going to be like a week or two, I want to say. But, you know, the, the Yankees just do hit, even with all these injuries. Clint Frazier came up, and he is really making a case for himself to get like a permanent spot on the team, even though that's going to be really tough when the team, if the team is ever at full strength for him to find a spot. But he's raking. Um, Cole looks amazing. Paxton still is sort of struggling with velocity, but I I feel like he's he's slowly taking like baby steps to round the corner. You know, uh, Glaber broke out of his slump. Gary is like slowly breaking out of his slump. Um, and yeah, I think I think the Yankees they they have the third best record in baseball behind the the Cubs and the Athletics. I think all things considered, you know, even if you want to factor in the Severino injury, they are it's hard to complain about. Uh, a fourteen and six record, that's for sure. Yeah, um, Sanchez hit a bomb. Um, was it, I think it was last night. Oh, he um, has a home run in three straight games. Yeah. So the thing is that he is ex batting average, like expected batting average, is still bottom two percent of the league, which, which is not exactly what what you, what you're looking for. And then it's ex Woba for those stat lovers is bottom five percent, I believe. But so that's Gary. But everyone else, uh, phenomenal. Uh, Luke Voigt, DJ LeMahieu, well Stan when he was hurt, Gian, uh, Gio Urshela, all like top eight percent league. Judge too. Uh, Judge actually technically is not. Um, he is. He, he you know, obviously in 
ex-Woba, he's top five or seven. Oh, you're talking about batting average, though. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And, yeah, he, I mean, his, I don't even know what this stat is, but he's top two for some league. Very, it's like bacon. <laughs> oh, ex-Wobacon? Yeah, I don't know what the hell. Oh, I think it's expected, weighted, on base, average, on contact, or something like that. Like, so it's like, it takes sort of a, I guess it's just like exit velo and launch angle. And then it tries to judge how likely you are to get a hit out of that. So I don't know. I, I do like the site you're using baseball savant. It is, I, I first found out about it like during last season and it is very fun to sort of look at and, and observe. So, I mean, I think the Yankees are in a good, they they called up Anduar, um, so this uh since since LeMay got hurt, so this is a chance for Andwar to get some similarly to Clint Frazier, who's been balling out. This is a chance for uh Andwar to get some at bats, get some reps and and do some damage, hopefully. Yeah, Clint Frazier's also playing again. I mean he he's uh, been he's been doing great. He had five RBIs yesterday. Yeah, I mean He can hit. He can definitely hit. Is he finally gonna break out though? Like he has to he hasn't had that stretch where it's like you can't put him you can't bring him back. I mean, maybe that that's the stretch though. I mean, because he's it's hard it it's been hard for him to get consistent, you know, playing time because it's you got you know, you have on in the corners of the outfield you have Stanton and Judge. Even if Stanton's hurt, okay, you got Gardner, you got Talkman. And then, you know, okay, Judge is hurt now, so he can play, but even when when Judge comes back, then where are they going to put Frazier? You say, oh, D.H. Frazier, but would you rather D.H. Frazier or D.H. Talkman? You know, it's tough. And then if you say, okay, Talkman's going to start and left over Brent Gardner, which they really haven't been doing that much, then even Frazier has to compete with, you know, Mike Ford to uh, to D.H., which I think Frazier has earned that. He's been hitting better than Mike Ford. But my only point is there's a lot of uh, Yankees are deep, so – it's not easy to just sort of slot somebody into the starting lineup. But I mean, if you want to look at OPS plus, um, which is a good stat on baseball reference, uh, Frazier has played, Oh, this is kind of perfect. Frazier has played 162 games with the Yankees now, and he has 23 home runs, 82 RBIs, 265 average, like 317 on base and 111 OPS plus. So he's a clearly an above average hitter. Of course, his a big concern with him is like his defense is sometimes a train wreck, but he has looked, at least from what I've seen, slightly better uh, with that. So, I mean, I think this is his this is his chance. I mean, if he's ever going to get a chance to to do damage with the Yankees, this is a hundred percent his chance. So that's the hundred sixty two game average. That's what you're looking at. Yeah, but it's also perfect because at least unless I just I just exit out, but unless I miss something, he played he has played exactly one hundred sixty two games with the Yankees. No, I think it's one twenty six. Oh damn! I must have. What am I blind? It's yeah. It says four years, and then right below it says one hundred sixty two game average. But that's the stat you just read. In the actual games that he's played, it's been eighteen home runs, sixty four RBIs. 265 batting average, and the, the percentage stats are the same, just in 126 games. So, you know, but yeah, so that's basically what's expected, the 2382, um, 265 line, if you play, if you stretch it out to 162 games. I mean, it's only been 12. He's had 12 uh, plate attempts, and he already has eight RBIs in two on months. So he does have three strikeouts, but 
you know, that's not terrible. Yeah, but I'd like to see a little bit more play discipline. He's got one walk, so flip, you know, flip flop those three walks, one strikeout. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he was the number one. He was first round number five pick seven years ago, 2013. Damn, I didn't know he was that highly, uh, like he was that big of a prospect to get drafted number five. Then the Yankees are the ones who drafted him. No, um, no, they traded. Frazier to the Yankees and 2016 for Andrew Miller. Oh, the Indians traded him? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, Frazier's 25 now, so uh, he's, he should be en- – he's entering his prime. You know, we'll see. We'll see what he what he has. Um, he's really like 26. He turns 26 next month, less than a month, like two weeks. But – Listen, hopefully this is finally the stretch that shows why he's been so highly touted by these, you know, scouts and Yankees and hopefully like he plays so well that they just can't put him down. And you know, there's always an injury. There's always an injury. It's like, oh, where are the Yankees gonna put all these guys? Well it's like listen, the injury um, slider is not off, it's on. It's it's so, significantly on significantly on I and mean, you could always count on Stan to miss a large chunk of the games Aaron Judge is going to miss some games so you know that spot there's always going to be a spot in the outfield that's open so if you play well enough you know you're going to you're going to be playing it's really as simple as that so hopefully this is his chance and he takes advantage instead of whining about it on like Twitter whatever he did last time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, he is, a, I mean, he's an interesting character, but yeah, I mean, when you finally do get your chance, you gotta, you gotta back up all that sort of uh, complaining that you did. So hopefully, I mean, fingers crossed, hopefully for him that he, and fingers crossed for the Yankees too. And I, I want to see Anduar do good too. I mean, even if they're probably going to have to trade one of Anduar and Frazier, or honestly, maybe even both of them, but you still want to see them do good while they're on the team. For what, a pitcher? Yeah, probably for a pitcher. I mean, if you think the Yankees, so they have Cole, Severino's coming back, you know, at some point next year. Um, so that's, let's say, your one-two. I don't think they're going to re-sign Paxson and Tanaka. At this point, I would say, I think we talked about this, but I'll say they re-sign Tanaka. Then they have Montgomery. That's like four. And then you could say, oh, they'll bring up a fifth young pitcher. But you know what? I would just almost rather them, because you never – even Clark Schmidt, you know, Debbie Garcia, these whatever prospects that they have that are supposedly good, you never know. So I would almost just rather than package, like I think Clevenger on the Indians is an interesting uh, option because he like was, it was like Zach Plesak or whatever on the Indians who like broke protocol for quarantine or something. And they like went out in Chicago, I think. So then they got like sent to the alternate site by the Indians. So maybe the Indians are just done with him and want to trade him. Also like... Insane. That would be, be insane. it would be great. And you, like, would, would the Indians not take like Clint Frazier, Andawar, and like a, a prospect? Like, come on, they, oh they, they and then Clevenger is like what their four starter or their three starter, and then Tanaka's the four starter. Like, that would be a rotation. Yeah, well, Clevenger would be the number two for sure. You think so over Severino? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, then if Severino's your three starter and Tanaka's your four starter, oh my god. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, that would be – all right, so since we're talking about, like, fucking Yankees uh, rotation, 
they would have the best rotation in the league if they kept these two guys. Do you know who I'm talking about? Who? Two players on the Yankees. Oh, Lance Lynn and Sonny Gray. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sonny Gray is a Scion candidate this year. Lance Lance Lynn, another Scion candidate. And they're both on the Yankees within the last two years. And Larry, I think it's really Larry Rothschild. He's been, he was terrible. He must have been terrible because these guys are pitching absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Sonny Gray is like the best pitcher of all time. Sonny Gray (laughs) is striking everybody out, just absolutely insane. Lance Lynn is just like the ultimate workhorse. He's he threw a complete game um, in Coors Field. Which has is just like so rare, just because Coors Field is like the most hitter friendly park in the entire league by far, and he threw a complete game, and it's just amazing. He's they all look phenomenal, and they, they were on the Yankees, and they just couldn't, you know. Larry Rothschild just apparently there is uh, Rothschild told Sonny Gray to stop throwing like his best pitch or something. I don't know how concrete that is because obviously I wasn't there when they were having the conversation, um, you know. But I mean, it, it's really upsetting as a Yankees fan just because when we first got Sonny Gray, it was a great value. I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" Like he used to be a phenomenal ace, and he was he was pretty good the year before, and then he just what he just couldn't put it together. Some people are saying, you know, oh, it's because you know he can't pitch in big cities it's like does that really matter that much i I never agreed with that people act like playing for the yankees is like you know life or death they're like if you have a bad start you're going to be sent into a dungeon or something and it's like you're you're in the mlb like watched by millions of people like everyone knows you are it's not like you go from you know it's not like college where it's like i don't know how else to put this but let's say like you go from like 10,000 followers on Twitter to like 500,000 followers it's not like that when you go from you know the the Oakland A's to um, yeah like the A's and the Reds have lots of fans I know it's hard for people to understand sometimes but these other baseball teams also have fans one thing you could say is I'm sure at your average Yankee game there's more media members uh, than probably at your average Reds game or your average A's game in terms of more journalists because there's so many newspapers in New York and all that stuff so I guess you could say that, but I mean, I don't, I don't think the guy was just like a head case or something. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think it's just a a false narrative created by bigger city teams fans. Hundred percent. That are just like, okay, this guy didn't play well. It's because he can't take it. He can't take it in the in the big city or whatever they are, and that's why you know he can't do it. So they basically try to, um, uh, you know minimize his abilities and whatever so i don't know yeah it's it's a stupid stupid narrative that doesn't make any sense it honestly it just comes down i don't know but at the same time it's like how can the pitching coach have that much of effect on um a professional i know can't the pitcher just be like you know what screw you dude i'm doing what i want to do and then, and then exactly. well, you have one good start, and you could say, "How are you going to argue with that?" Like I just threw seven innings from nine Ks and two runs, like, and doing it my way. Like, and you're still going to tell me? I think it was that the Yankees wanted to, their pitchers to throw less four seamers and more breaking 
uh, off-speed breaking balls. But then I thought with Sonny Gray, it was like he had like either his slider or his curveball that he really wanted to throw, and they didn't want him to throw. So confusing. Um, I would love to get a straight answer, but yeah, I get it, the, the, the sad thing is like the Sonny Gray trade and the Paxton trades were both like really good trades at the time, and they just um, you know maybe Paxton was really good the second half of last year, but they haven't quite. You can't really be mad at Cashman for either of those because I, I, in the moment, I was like, "Oh, those are both really good trades." I wasn't as ecstatic with the Paxton trade, just because he's very injury prone. I said this like before the podcast. He's injury prone, and you know, he's—I don't know—he just—he he never seemed like he never—he seemed like a more of a number two, number three guy than a number. Yeah, three. no, I agree. I agree. Well, that's the problem because that was, you know, we got him as our number one just because, not because he's a number one guy, just because that's all we could really add. And, you know, Severino, we've talked about this, he's more of a number two, most likely. You know, we'll see. But, I mean, I saw, like, people talking about Yankees trying to get Lance Lynn, but I think he'd be too expensive. I mean, listen, just cut your losses. You just don't, don't, I wouldn't say try to get it back because right now he's, extremely expensive. Like, I don't want to give up both Andavar and Clint Frazier. Maybe Clint Frazier or, like, just one of them for him. Um, but both of them, I, I don't think that's – I think that's too big of a risk. I'd rather go for someone who's younger, who fits in the Garrett Cole timeline because Garrett Cole is 20 – I mean, he's 29, 30. And I think Clevenger is about 28. So, I mean, I don't know. Did you see a rumor about, or are you just kind of making that up, that he's kind of, they're thinking about trading him? Think, thinking about trading Koo Clevenger? I mean, people, I saw like some uh, beat reporter for the Indians was like alluding to it because they sent him to the alternate site. They were like punishing him and maybe they're just like done with him. I mean, there was nothing concrete, but it was like a, it did, definitely was somebody, a reporter in Cleveland, like speculating all oh, like this might be it. They might just be looking to get rid of him. I mean, he, he has, uh, I think after this year, like two more years of team control. Clevenger does. I think Lancelin only has like one year left on his contract after this year. Um, but I know what you're saying in terms of like, oh, Frazier and Anduar, it feels like a lot to give up. But, you know, the Yankees got to win a World Series, man. You know, like they have to eventually you got to, you know, shit or get off the pot, so to speak. And it's like the Yankees are, I would feel like one starter short right now. Like if they could get another like stud pitcher in. And I mean, if, if Luajica continues to like be a good uh, reliever, then they have like five solid relievers, which, you know, you would think is plenty. But you really can never have enough relief pitchers. But I think I would almost the Yankees have enough offense, you know. And like you said, there's always an injury, so you know you definitely want to have depth. But I think it would be worth it to sacrifice a little depth for another like super reliable pitcher, because I mean, it, especially with like these these uh, series where it's going to be like, is the first did uh, am I hallucinating or did we talk about this? Like, is the first round a three game series? Or is it five games? Let's see. Playoffs. Structure. Because I can't, I can't remember. There's no, is it really three games? Let's 
it's so hard to find this information. No, I, I found it. I found it. Yeah, dude, the, literally the first round is the best of three. That's terrible for baseball. For basketball, yeah, okay, I can see it. Baseball, you know, you, you don't know. You really don't know. Like that, the Orioles, I actually want, I like the Orioles are one of the best offensive teams right now. And it's such a surprise. The Orioles and the Marlins are bowling out. Yeah, I mean it, it's awesome. Um, so i I want them to see. I want them to make the playoffs just because it's like cool and it gives that unexpected variance that you know the team that was looking awful makes the playoffs and advances. But you know, if you're a top contender like the Yankees, you don't like having greater variance in those early rounds you want to have at least five games because those every inning matters like every out that's total bs that the first round is three games man <laughs> that is total bs um gets two games and you win <laughs> yeah. and it's so like what was the logic behind that like doing three games was acceptable but they couldn't do five games because of the coronavirus why not do two double headers and then if fifth if necessary, you know, again like the next day. I, I don't understand that at all. But it's just I mean to circle back to my point, it's just they need you need pitchers, man. You cannot afford in a three game series you can't afford to have a pitcher go out and throw three innings and give up four runs. So it's like it, if Paxton's not going to be reliable, then it's just Cole and Tanaka who you would really trust in that spot. Do you? Um think that the Yankees should trade Lance uh, our and Frazier for Lance Lynn then? I would probably prefer to trade for Clevenger because he's younger uh, and under team control more. But like, I wouldn't hate it if they traded I would, both of them for Lance Lynn seems like a lot. Um, but I mean, he's literally like been a, a he's been a legit ace. You know? I mean, I guess if if you could guarantee me that Lance Lynn would continue pitching like this, I'd probably say trade Andor and Frazier for him. Because I mean, you win a World Series, you're not going to miss Clint Frazier and Andor. I promise you that. The numbers are legit, and I think it started last year. Like I, rem- I remember seeing him last year. Like who, Lance Lynn? He was trash. Like what the hell happened? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, basically, Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn grew up. Pretty much at the same time, it's like really, like it was like unbelievable. You're you're not really sure, and now it's just like, yeah, no, this is this is legit. You know, the Yankees. I don't, I don't know if the Yankees necessarily fucked up, be just because like they underperformed. You know, Lance Lynn, small game. He only pitched, I think, five games for them. So, you know, it's hard to hard to say. But I mean, he didn't shut the lights out. But yeah. I mean, the good thing, the positive thing is that even though. We didn't get them at their best. We did see the talent that they did have. I'll say, I mean, with Lance Lynn, I didn't see it. I definitely saw it with Sonny Gray. You know, the Sonny Gray one was obvious. It's not, you know, obvious. It's just that he had a history of being an And he had good stuff. Yeah. It was just, yeah, Lance Lynn. um, It was like, it was a good bet. It was a good bet for sure. But, you know, it just didn't have him long enough. And I guess, you know, he just didn't, wasn't able to put it all together um, in that, that 
small sample size for them to go out their way to get them to keep them. But listen, you know, at least we're we're looking at the right people. So we'll see what happens um, before the deadline. The deadline is coming up soon. I won't be deadline. Yeah, it's in like a week or two. Oh, how about this new information? I'm looking at Twitter. Aaron, Aaron Judge said that he feels 100% and was begging the Yankees not to place him on the injured list. Judge thinks he could have been ready to play tomorrow. Awesome. <laughs> no, but he can't play tomorrow because he's on the injured list. Oh. That's what he's saying because once you're on the injured list, it's a minimum of 10 days, I'm pretty sure. And he just wanted them to give him a couple days. Interesting. Yeah, so Lance Lynn, um, so the trade deadline is August 31st, and Lance Lynn is actually one of the people who are rumored to be traded. I just want to look at another thing. Let's see. Because it makes sense. I mean, with Clevenger, Clevenger and Plesak, they have, I mean, the Indians have the best rotation in the league with them, but they really, they really fucked up. And, you know, the, the Indians are punishing them, yet they seem to not take it seriously. And Clement, uh, Plesak said some stupid shit on Instagram. Um, I don't, I don't, it's not the, the fact that he didn't apologize. I, I respect that, but it's just like, the video was just unnecessary. Like you don't need to explain yourself. Um, it, like, like whatever, just take the punishment, acknowledge that what you did was wrong and then just, you know, get to get back to work. So you get on the field quicker instead of making a whole, um, all these theatrics with it and posting on Instagram of you in the car and doing whatever you did. I don't even remember exactly, but I just know it wasn't a good look, especially considering how well you, he's been playing. But Clevenger, we haven't really heard from. I actually have to look at his Twitter. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a character. I actually looked at his Twitter. And I didn't believe it was him. I thought it was someone else trying to be him. It actually is. Um, but he he's very outspoken. Um, Clevenger, there it is. Mike Sunshine Clevenger. Mike Anthony. Let me play. Yeah, yeah all right. He hasn't tweeted since. So he's you know. Playing smart, he's, he's staying out of trouble. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a long shot that the Nets. I mean, the Yankees get Clevenger, uh, but Lance Lynn is definitely possible. I don't even think that they have to give up both of them. You know, give up, give up uh, Frazier, and I don't know some other. They could do another package. They don't have to package both of them. And, you know, Cashman could just say like he's only done it for a year and a half. He's 33, so that lowers his value. It's not like Lance Flynn is 25, 26, entering his prime. He's you know 33. Right. So he only has a couple more years left. So no, we'll see. We'll see what the Yankees try to pull off. I think you know this is the thing is it's like you know this is the year to do it. But then again, it's like that that three game series is intimidating due to the risk. Yeah, like it is. I mean, like you said, it's, it could be over in two seconds. Yeah, but I mean, listen, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But you know, exciting times ahead. We got MLB. I mean, uh, NBA playoffs coming. 
NFL starting less than a month. Which kind of feels weird. It's like, what? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be crazy. Um, But, yeah, let's do it. Let's get it all out there. We're going to have all three of the best sports at the same time. So, yeah. It's great stuff. Yeah, I mean... I think that's all for today unless you got any more notes to- no i mean i think we we covered everything that we needed to hit on i mean this time next week we're gonna have a ton of uh basketball to be able to talk about like actual important results to important games numbers numbers um okay yeah so we'll end it here and we'll see you guys next week peace all right